When we choose love and compassion, we create connection. In my Life and Laughter podcast, we find ways to choose love over fear. I'm your host, Perry Kinder. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Perry Kinder, and I am so glad you're here listening to my podcast and listening to my guest because we have some great information to share today. I'm talking with Madison Frederick, and she is a number one best-selling author in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and France in 57 categories. I don't even know 57 categories. She's also a speaker, a teacher, a certified master life coach, a Reiki master, a certified spiritual counselor and certified emotional freedom technique practitioner, which is tapping. If you don't know what that is, it's fascinating. As a trauma survivor, she recognizes the vital need to release past negative beliefs, emotions, and fears that can cause stress, anxiety, self-doubt, and self-sabotage to live an extraordinary life of freedom. She has adapted the lessons she's learned to help others transform their lives. She believes in giving back to her community, and she has served in the local organizations for decades. She served on the board of the Divorce Cafe. Was that with Elif? Is that who does that? Yeah. Yeah, Elif. She's amazing. And is a member of She Rose United, another amazing woman. Celeste Gleave is in charge of that. She's incredible. It's a nonprofit organization that helps women overcome trauma. Her particular forte is working with incarcerated women who are improving their lives and desiring to leave as victors and leaders instead of victims. Her book, Untangle the Web of Narcissism, From Deceit and Chaos to Finding Your Sanity, is on sale now, and you should read it. Welcome, Madison. Thank you so much for having me. I'm tickled to be here. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you're here. It's so nice to talk to you and to talk about your book and about your, your journey here. Um, why why narcissism? Why, why was this a book for you that you thought was important at this time? Many people don't understand what narcissism is or gaslighting. Initially, I thought my book was going to be just about gaslighting and how it came about to, to shift to this topic of narcissism. Um, my son sent me an email telling me that I was a narcissist, claiming that I was. He gave many examples showing what I did to prove to him that I was a narcissist. And to say the least, from the rug being taken out underneath me, I just thought, wow, you know, and like so many of us do, I got defensive about it at first. And then I thought, well, well wait a minute, maybe maybe I need to take a look at this. And so I did. It, it uh, took me on a deep dive into narcissism. And uh, one of the first things I did was ask my therapist, am I a narcissist? And she kind of started laughing at me, well, not at me, but she said, Madison, if you're a narcissist, you wouldn't be asking. I was going to say, that's not well, a question okay. a narcissist will ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I did discover though, in, in my journey is that because my dad was a narcissist and I learned how to protect myself using learned behaviors, um, and that's what the, the title, the web in my title is all about the learned behaviors that I adapted very well and perfected as a way of a defense mechanism against my dad. And I also learned how I had used justification for everything. I couldn't back down. I couldn't admit what I, what I was wrong. And even on the few times that I do lie, I'm not a liar, but I could not say when I get called on it, I couldn't back down and say, no, you're right. I did lie couldn't do it. Words mm -hmm. just wouldn't come out of my mouth. Wow. And so 
narcissism and gaslighting are pretty big buzzwords right now. In fact, um, I believe it was in 2022 that uh, Merriam-Webster, they always choose a word of the year of, uh, and that is uh, geared by what word is researched the most and gaslight was the top word. Oh, wow. So for last year. And yeah, you know, and everything in life is not black and white and narcissism and gaslight are just the same. You know, they're behaviors that people do and there's no black and white definition of them, in my opinion, at least as far as, as how it affected me. Now, uh, my book is written specifically about my experiences dealing with all of these things. I'm not a trained therapist. These are just simply my my reactions and my behaviors that I talk about in the book. Right. And I think it's important right now for people to understand what it is and maybe take a, a peek under their curtain and see if, if it's something that maybe that they can take a look at in their own lives. And you said it's kind of hard to define what narcissism is. Are there some some red flags that narcissists have that people could be aware of for people who might not know what a narcissist is? Sure. Um, if you look in, in, if you do a Google search, there's all kinds of uh, things that pop up that say that the eight behaviors of a narcissist, the five, the DSM five um, rattled for a, a, nar- a narcissistic personality disorder. There's some specific things that they cite in that list. But overall, basically, it's they um, can't back down and say they're wrong. Their uh, personalities are a lot of bravado. In my dad's case, um, if my, he was very competitive against with my uncle. And if my uncle got a boat, dad had to get one, a boat, but bigger. Um, he had to get a, a camper that was bigger and better. He uh, came to visit us one time um, when my husband and I were living in Washington State and we got uh, uh, into black powder guns. And my dad came for a visit. We went over to the store, the, the uh, gun shop, and my dad didn't have to have one. He had to have three. So he left and came back home with three. I don't know. I seriously doubt he ever, even ever learned to shoot them. He but just, he just had he to have wrote. them, right? Yeah. You know, he, he pretended he had at his behavior. People thought he had a lot of money. He didn't. <laughs> he, he married this woman and uh, she was in and out of his life so quickly. We called her the hurricane because <laughs> she, she thought he had money. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> and she was gone with the wind. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So. You know, uh, not being able to back down, uh, pretending to be smarter than they are or educated more sometimes, you know, fake it till you make it and they can talk a good talk, but they don't walk their walk. Right. I heard heard also that they have a real lack of empathy. They don't know how to be empathetic to people. They don't. And they don't know how to have friendships unless they get something out of that friendship. All the acquaintances, exactly. they have to somebody that they can use either to get ahead, to get a job. Oh, absolutely. And otherwise, if they're not absolutely. around them, they're not thinking about you. Not at all. Even if you're their child, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about what you can bring well, to them. Yeah. Well, in my book, I talk about my sexual abuse and it 
um, that was perpetrated by my stepbrother. And when I finally got the guts to tell my dad about it, <laughs> um, I think I was early 30s, I think. I don't know. But I told him what happened. And his reaction was, well, I did the best that I could. Oh, and I'm like, wow, what? <sighs> so, you know, just no responsibility for what they do or say. Um, they, uh, he just couldn't back down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was always more important to please people in his church by buying them gifts. And I got scraps. And not that I that I think it's important. It's not that the presents or the gifts or anything. It's just the idea. Yeah. That I was always last, if ever, I thought. That's just incredible so. to me. You know, I've had dealings with one definite narcissist in my life. Um, it was a family member. And I, I cut her out of my life you know, decades ago because I realized how toxic she was. But it always it always flummoxed me that she could be so charming and people would tell me, you know, she is just the nicest person. And I'm thinking, what am I, what am I missing about this person? Because she is just awful. She's an awful person. She just manipulates and she gaslights and she makes you feel terrible. Is that, is that a common thing you think that, that they're charming, they're charismatic, they kind of draw people in. And then when they don't need you anymore, that you're, you're dropped find that to be yeah. true most definitely most definitely um i think especially when when the narcissist in your life or, or in your relationships happens to be a relative mm-hmm. it's really tough to make that decision to to cut that tie because you know you see him at family events or whatever so what are you going to do right. it's the biggest thing um you know it, it all boils down to taking care of yourself and setting boundaries setting um and what does that look like yeah what does that look like if you're setting a boundary with somebody who knows how to manipulate you um i just i got to the point where i just said no more Hmm. you know i'd i'd had enough a lot of gaslighting and that's what narcissists do to employ their their uh projects or their mission or their whatever it is that they're wanting to gain from something they use gaslighting techniques and it got so bad that uh, I just, I couldn't stand to be around him. Mm. Um, even though I had moved back to Utah, um, we even did a, a short sale in our house. I mean, we took it in financially in the, the rear trying to get back so I could help him. Wow. You know, just one last dip, ditched attempt, you know, let me see if I can help him and maybe he'll love me. Maybe mm. he'll accept me. And it was hard. It was really hard. But um, he had done something. Um, he had co-signed on something with my son, and then took his uh, the house key, his spare key that we had given him for emergencies, came into the house, rummaged through the desk looking for the contract because he was convinced that the the payments weren't going to be made and he would be um, stuck. When I called him on it, he tried to deny that he'd been in the house. And I said, uh, excuse me, a neighbor saw you come in. Hello. And, have witnesses. and finally, I just, you know, and he, he started bullying me over the phone. And, and that's a real common thing that narcissists do as well, is they bully you or make you feel like you're next to nothing, mm-hmm. that you don't have a brain. I was told that the only way I would be successful is if I went to secretarial school. 
I wanted to go to nursing school and, and no, you, you're not going to be able to learn all that. You should go to secretarial school. Wow. Um, you know, things like that, but I finally stood my ground and dad, I'm, I'm not having this conversation with you. And I hung up on him. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard when it's a family member to cut them out. Um, because like you said, you have to deal with them at some point again, and you just can't expect them to behave rationally. And maybe let's back up a little bit. Explain gaslighting to people who might not know what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is a technique that people have used. There's, it has been used for many, many, many years um, by politicians where they'll they'll call the other, like especially like in a debate situation and, and you're listening to these people debate against each other and and they're they half the time they talk over each other and they put the other candidate down. Well, how why is it that you think you can can do this? You're you're not any experienced in this situation and you don't have know how to do it. When in reality, the people that in my opinion, if somebody's gonna run for run for political office, they've got the chops and they've got the knowledge how to do it. Right. You know, yeah. So, um, you know, putting people down, uh, and it's it's done with such finesse sometimes that people buy into it and think it's just like the, the techniques that Hitler used. Mm. Same thing, you know. Um, he did it on a grand scale, obviously, but um, people in their minds started to believe that what he was saying was correct, and that's how gaslighting gaslighters do. They yeah. make you feel um, that you're not smart enough to figure it out yourself or that they're they're smart enough to think for everybody, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, they say you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough. So you get into all of the limiting beliefs that we've all picked up. And, and I'm not saying that if you have limiting beliefs that it's been... Uh, because somebody has gaslit you, we do a pretty good job of bashing ourselves. <laughs> we do. You know, we don't need help. help. Yeah. Yeah. But that's typical of what gaslighting does. Um, it And the gaslight, the term actually came from a, a movie that uh, Ingrid Bergman was in. And the uh, gentleman had befriended her, schmoozed her, married her. And it was all because he wanted her aunt's money. So he started convincing her that she heard things, didn't hear things that she was hearing and seeing things that, that uh, she didn't see, you know, he could try to flip it to it. And his objective was to make her go crazy and that she would get put in a, in a, a sale asylum so he could take her money. Wow. And that, in my experience with, with narcissists, they make you feel like you're the crazy one. Like, maybe I didn't Absolutely. see things the way I thought I did, or maybe I didn't hear them say that. And they make you, you know, second guess yourself all the time and, and doubt yourself like, wow, yeah. maybe I am so wrong on this situation. When in your heart, you know, you're, you, know you know, you're right, but they have that yeah. power. It's almost like being hypnotized where they think, no, you're, you're, you're wrong. That never happened. I, I never broke yeah. into your house. I never stole your checkbook. Yeah. I mean, those kinds of things. Yeah. Make you yeah. feel crazy. Yeah. He's, you know, he would tell me, you misunderstood, you misunderstood what I said, or I didn't say that at all, or um, you're, you're hearing things. Mm. And you and just the, those were yourself. His, his, maze, his biggest go-tos was, you misunderstood what I said. Yeah. I didn't say that. You that know, was his big go-to. You, you mentioned Hitler. 
And I, I wonder throughout history, how many of these great, a little crazy leaders were just narcissists that pulled their people into their, into their orb and created, yeah. you know, mass chaos, you know, Alexander the Great, or maybe Attila the Hun that really had these charismatic, manipulative, narcissistic behaviors that people just followed because they didn't want to be left out in the cold. They didn't want to be, they were crazy. They didn't want to be left by the wayside yeah. if this person was rising to power. Makes, makes you wonder yeah. about politicians in general. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could talk about that, but say a few things about stuff, but, you know, probably not a good we'll idea. We'll just drop that line of talk. I'm just throwing it out there that maybe all great <laughs> charismatic leaders, charismatic leaders have mental disorders. Um, that could be a thing. So you talk about how you um, entangled yourself from the web of narcissism. How did you start doing that? Because that's a, first you have to realize you're embedded in the web, that you're entangled. Yeah. What, yeah. what was that process for you? I liken it to how the process I, I went through in writing my book. Um, I didn't start with chapter one and then write chapter two and three and so on. I wrote about things that, as I learned about the behaviors. So I did a deep dive into my um, life and took a look at codependency and enabling and all of those behaviors that I learned and wrote about each one. So each chapter, there's 18 chapters in the book and they're basically, there's only um, a couple of chapters that really go together um, as far as subject matters, but the rest of them can pretty much be standalone topics. So when I first started on my journey, I, I had gotten divorced from my first husband, which uh, I believe he was an he was an alcoholic. Although, you know, in the 12-step program, you can't call anybody else an alcoholic. They have to um, make that differentiation for themselves. Right. But I believe um, he was an alcoholic and obviously drank too much. He was having blackouts and all of that stuff. And after we got divorced, someone suggested that I go to an Al-Anon meeting. And I was pissed when I went because I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm not the drinker here. I don't belong Why here. Do yeah. Why do I have to you fix know? myself? Yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I get in there in the rooms and it wasn't maybe three meetings in and I'm thinking, huh. I had something to do with this, <laughs> you know. That's so always painful. Those, yeah, you know, and, and I learned about um, Melody Beatty's work, Codependent no, no More. I became familiar with, with John Bradshaw, and it's just pieces that I learned along my way that ultimately gave me the tools to, to let go of all of the stuff with my dad. Mm. Even though he has been gone for a long time now, 14 years, I think, um, I'm still learning about my behaviors and my reactions, well, things that I said or didn't say, you know, throughout uh, my lifetime, you know, how I uh, treated my kids, which, you know, I was not a banner parent. Um, but, you know, you do the best that you can do. You learn the tools uh, or you use, learn the behaviors that you're dealt with um, in your family of origin and you that's how you, you flow Yeah. until you don't, you, yeah, you, until you, you learn better. Yeah. You don't know any better. I mean, that's what you grew no, up with. That's what, what was modeled for you. You don't know. And yeah, you, know, you yeah. mentioned enabling and it's interesting that so many people in the relationship with a narcissist, 
they think if they change their behavior, you know, the narcissist will change. If I just yeah. you know, clean the house better, if I dress up nicer, if I'm more loving or if I'm more patient, then this horrible yeah. person will love me. And, yeah. and it, that's not the way it works. You're, no, there's nothing that you can do, nothing on this planet you can do to change their behavior. It's just not the way it works. No. Yeah. No, no. And my first husband, you know, we got into the narcissism and the gaslighting with him, him as well. And I kept thinking that I was going to fix my marriage. And it, I, I wasn't able at that time to see that, that um, the relationship with my first husband wasn't ever a, able gonna, to be able to be fixed, period, end of story. But I kept thinking, well, if I cook a nice dinner and, and mm-hmm. if I don't bug him about him being home late and all those kinds of things, then it'll get better and we'll have a good, a happy family. Right. I, yeah. You know, I went on that marrying around for years. Yeah. For years and years. And I think with addiction that happens a lot. Yeah. With addiction, you think if I don't if I do this, and not that all I'm not saying that all addicts are narcissists. That's not the case. But I think the behavior no, no. is very much the same where you try to placate them, you know, if I just do this different, then they're not gonna take that drink. They won't come home and drink. Or and again, yeah. it's not it's not you. It's not you that can change their behavior. No, not at all. You know, and a lot of times with people that are dealing with, with someone that, that has addictions, the enabling really, you know, comes up front and center. Um, you know, let, let's uh, go get that car that he wants. Let's go get that black powder gun. Mm-hmm. Even though we're sitting here looking at how are we going to pay for this? You know, <laughs> right. bills over here, but he wants a gun. So let's make him happy and we'll go get the gun. Right. You know, those kinds of things. Um yeah, it's insane the, the things when I think about it, some of the, the things that I did just trying to keep peace in the family. Yeah. And, you know, and he would dangle things in, in front of my nose. Um, you know, let's, uh, I was of the dominant religion here and he dominant, he dangled this carrot. Let's go do all of these things that the, the uh, religion wants us to do. And then, you know, we'll, be together forever and all of those things when I was I was already had one put out the door but he's oh no let's go do this why would I want you for eternity I don't want you now yeah yeah Yeah. so you know I I fell into that trap yeah I think until I didn't yeah and that's kind of what it is you you wake up one day and you realize this is not working for me I'm not happy I'm not healthy you know I've got my relationships are are bad and you do start that untangling, um, and it's not—it's not easy. And like you said, we're—we're we're not therapists, you know. We don't—we're not mental health counselors at all. And if you think you're in the situation where you're with a narcissist who is playing you all the time, you know, get get help, get someone to help you work through that, and learn how to heal because they—they they destroy your self-esteem. They make you feel worthless, and you don't. Think, they do it. Yeah. It got to the point where I was not doing very well, and I ended up in a treatment center um, because I had been, uh, I had ideations of suicide. And, you know, I look back on it now, and it's like, ay, ay, ay. Hmm. You know, it's, you, uh, it's not so much allowing yourself to get into situations as it is you're trying to tread water. Oh, that's pretty much. That's a great description. Yeah. Just trying to status quo, just kind of stay where you are. Yeah. 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 And, that, and that's a scary place to be. It is. It is very scary. You know, and, I mean, I had a plan and it just so happens that uh, 
one of my friends, she and I were seeing the same therapist and she got it out of me and she ratted on me. (laughs) To the therapist? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, to this day, I, I really give credit for, for that therapist because had it not been his suggestion that I go into treatment, I don't think I would have been here. Wow. I truly don't. Wow. And you look at so, your therapy's a good thing. Oh, therapy's a great thing. I think everybody should be assigned a therapist at birth. I've said it before and I'll say I've it again. Say that, yeah. <laughs> I truly mean I believe it. And it, I was listening, yeah. I, I've heard that that actual narcissism is on the rise. And it's not I mean, there is narcissistic um there's a medical diagnosis for narcissism, but there's also just the personality of people who are narcissists. And the mm-hmm. personality of people who are narcissists is on the rise. And they've talked about lots of different things that kind of play into that. Um, do you think that's true? Do you see that happening more that people are just becoming, I don't know if it's just, they're so self-important or if they just see how well gaslighting works. I don't know. I don't know what that transition is into becoming a narcissist. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually a rise of narcissists as it, it as it more is um, people are becoming aware of it and, you know, we're, we're doing a better job of taking care of ourselves overall. I think COVID was a fabulous instrument um, for uh, self-reflection and figuring things out for ourselves. And I think that has more to do with it probably than, because narcissism has been around, like you said, for decades, yeah, you know, yeah, centuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I think people are are starting to realize that they need to take care of themselves more. That's why you see more yoga studios. You see more um, programs out there, uh, coaching programs, life coaching programs, because people are wanting to to do better, be better, be happier. And I think that's probably a piece of it is just awareness more. And that's also partly why I wrote the book, because people don't understand I've had people tell me, I had one woman tell me, she was a a reviewer that I had asked to review my book. And she said, you know, she said, I don't have any of the the things that you write about the sexual abuse or all of the trauma, but it allowed me to do a deep dive into my life and figure some other stuff out, you know? Um, So I've I've heard that a, a lot from people that, They've really, after reading the book, they've uh, understood themselves better. So you don't have to have dealt with a narcissist to, to read your book. They're going to get help out of no. it because there's so many, like I said, each chapter stands alone. You're going to get a lot out of just learning more about yourself. And the more you know about yourself yeah. and your behaviors, the more you can be aware. We exactly. Had- and, and throughout the book, at the end of each chapter, I give um, uh, suggestions or suggest tools to be used Um you know, automatic writing, I think, is it, and EFT tapping are two biggie things that I use a lot with my clients because you really need to take a deep dive into your personality. And a lot of that stems from um, when you were growing up as a child. You know, people say, you know, you, you, people will say, um, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, what kinds of things did you want to do? My whole thing growing up is I wanted a mom. That's what my focus was. I didn't think about being a a nurse or any of those other things. My objective was just to find a good mom, to have my mom come back and rescue me. Wow. Um, 
That's heartbreaking. So, That's heartbreaking. Yeah. But you know, the good news is, is that now, especially after the book's finished, I'm, and I know you talk about it a lot in your podcast about how to reinvent yourself. And I'm so excited to be able to do that for myself now. I'm looking at some other things that I want to do and I'm excited. You know, um, the book is very heavy. It's, it's not a light read by any stretch. Um, one woman would read the first, uh, second, and third chapter. And she told me, she says, I can't read it. I, I just can't, I can't go through it. Mm. And unbeknownst to me, um, she went through and did some techniques um, of the, on some the triggers that she had after reading those two chapters. And it's a, a fandom that she and I both know how to do. And unbeknownst to me, she picked the book back up and then later told me that she would never have done that and worked through those things had she not been triggered by reading my book. Wow. Yeah, you read something and it resonates with you. It's like, oh, damn, this is this this is me and this this is too close to home. And I've I've picked yeah. up books like that and thought I can't I can't do it. And I've gone back to them later after I've had some healing and done some work and it's transformative. But yeah, you have to be in the mindset yeah. where I am willing to acknowledge my part, you know, in my life, not being where it's supposed to be right now and being willing to have those mindset changes, which is tough. It's tough to change your mindset. It's tough to get out of the grooves of the way we think and the way we behave. And I look at you, you know, a complete 180 from where you were, you know, entangled with yeah. your father's narcissism. And now you're living this life where you're an author and a coach and you're helping people find their own way you know, what a testament yeah. to, to your own life, to be able to turn yourself around there. What does, what does that feel yeah. like after being under that control for so long to be who you are today? I, I have uh, people tell me that I don't even talk the same. My voice is different. Um, wow. it's just It just feels so freeing to be able to be to the point where I'm at right now. And, you know, I think I did go through all of those things personally in the book, the, the sexual abuse, the gaslighting, the all of the traumas that that come out of all of that stuff. But I believe that um, I was meant to do all of those things because not everybody that has had sexual abuse is involved with a narcissist. They may not have estrangement and all of those things, but I believe it was my gift um, of being able to go through all of that stuff and figure it out so now that I can share with other people the different things that I've gone through. And what, what would you say to somebody who might be listening that is dealing with a narcissist that doesn't even know where to start? You know, how do I get out of this relationship? How do I save myself? What would be a, a good first step for them? I think the first step is to acknowledge that you're in pain. So many of us get so numb by what we're going through that we don't even realize we're where we're at. You know, and I think journaling is a fabulous tool to be used. Um, automatic writing, which I do... Uh, talk about in the book, um, I learned part of the, the process that I use with automatic writing, I do it, I take it to a little bit different step than what I was initially taught. I add some other things to it. There is a, uh, a free download on my website for automatic writing. There's also some information about EFT, EFT tapping that is free that they can download the PDFs on that. And what's your website? And I think just uh, MadisonFrederick.com. Okay. I am simple. Yes, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apolo apologize for that. Um, no worries. 
So um, like my, the theme of my podcast has always been you know, moving away from fear and toward love, which is exactly what you do as you move through a healing process. So thank yeah. you for sharing your story and for showing how it's possible. Even when you, like you said, you were ready, you were thinking about suicide and now you're a best-selling author. That's, that's incredible to me. I think our brains can change and our attitudes, our attitudes can change and our direction can change, but it takes those first steps of moving away it from does. what the fear is moving toward the love. Um, exactly. And, and if people want to get your book, how can they find your book? Right now it's available in Kindle or ebook form, digital download on Amazon. The, uh, um, hard, the print copies will be available probably the third week in September. And that will also be on Amazon. They'll be available there. And there will be a, uh, uh, audible coming out later in the year. The, the woman that's reading it is just amazing. <laughs> nice. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm excited for that too. So, yeah. That's really exciting. So what comes next for you, Madison? Well, I have an appointment to go um, learn about trans, transcendental meditation. Nice. So so I'm going to do that. And I've, I've been kind of thinking, okay, so what do I want to do to play? And play is so important. We need to give ourselves... Uh, permission to play. When I got to the 12-step program, um, I met a woman that I really uh, resonated with, and I uh, asked her to meet me for coffee, and we did, and I was, my intent was to ask her to be my sponsor, but when we uh, got talking, we realized how similar our backgrounds were from kids, and we made a pact right then and there that we were going to learn to play because neither one of us had been allowed to. Oh, wow. So that's what we did. That's what we did. Good for you. So it's important to take time for yourself. It's important to do all of those things. I've uh, really been enjoying doing the graphics for my social media using Canva. And <laughs> and creativity is is something I really, I, I like to use different mediums and stuff. And uh, so I'm seriously thinking about uh, finding, finding where I can take a graphic art uh, graphics artist class not because i want a degree in it or anything but i just want to be able to mess with it a little bit more that's fun. So graphic design i think is is my next thing that's awesome good for you good for you for continuing to learn and grow that's that's super, super cool well thank you for being a guest on my show today and um yeah people if you're listening you know get out and find a copy of of madison's book um even if you're not dealing with a narcissist there's some great healing techniques you know, you never know when it's going to turn your life around in ways that you never thought possible. So get out there and read it. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Madison, for being a guest on my show. And you guys have, yeah, have a great, a great day. Love you guys. See you soon. To continue your journey toward love and connection, follow me at Life and Laughter Coaching on Instagram and Facebook.